the 2021 legislative session in Illinois is almost over, and Democratic Governor J.B. Pritzker has some thoughts about it. You know, it was a really, really good session. Uh, It was good to work with the new speaker. I think he did a terrific job uh, throughout the session, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm pleased to have him as a partner in Springfield. We'll hear more from the governor, as well as others, as we review the 2021 session on this edition of Capital Cast. Hello and welcome to Capital Cast, a regular podcast of Capital News Illinois. I'm Peter Hancock. The 2021 session is almost in the books, and we'll get to the almost part in a few minutes. Throughout it all, though, Governor J.B. Pritzker was not as visible as he has been in the past, which is not to say he wasn't involved. With negotiations taking place over the budget, legislative redistricting, energy legislation, and a host of other issues, the governor appeared to be much more of a behind-the-scenes player this year. After it was over, I spoke by phone with the governor, who was working out of his office in Chicago, and I asked him for his take on what happened in Springfield. Well, let's start with a balanced budget. Uh, this is a, you know, think about where we were nine months ago, Peter. Uh, I don't think anybody thought that we could balance the budget of the state of Illinois when we saw what was happening to revenues, what, what was you know required of us in terms of expenditures in dealing with the pandemic. So uh, we, we outperformed on revenues. Our, our economy did much better than I think all of us anticipated. Uh, we closed $655 million in corporate loopholes. Remember, that all reduces our structural deficit in the state, $655 million. Um, add to that, you know, the expanded uh, small business assistance and the increased K-12 funding. Uh, we also increased our college scholarships. We expanded co- uh, child care assistance. Uh, we funded more, you know, violence prevention and summer jobs. And we passed ethics legislation and expanded the cannabis industry um, and even got a, you know, a Juneteenth holiday passed. Uh, So I, you know, it was a really, really good session. Uh, It was good to work with the new speaker. I think he did a terrific job uh, throughout the session. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm pleased to have him as a partner in Springfield. Now, you might notice one thing he didn't mention in all of that was the one issue that consumed everyone's attention throughout the session, legislative redistricting. That's the process lawmakers go through every 10 years following the decennial census. The purpose is to make sure that state, house, and senate districts are as equal in population as possible. This year, they threw in judicial districts for the Court of Appeals and the Supreme Court, but they still have not gotten to congressional districts. That's supposed to be coming later this year. On Friday, Pritzker signed those maps into law, but he hadn't done so yet on Thursday when we spoke. The whole process is highly political because it empowers the majority party, in Illinois, that's the Democrats, to draw maps that favor them for the next 10 years. And this year, state lawmakers didn't even have the census data needed to draw those maps. On the campaign trail in 2018, then-candidate Pritzker was on board with the so-called Fair Maps Plan, a proposed constitutional amendment that would have put the process in the hands of an independent redistricting commission. 
He also vowed to veto any maps that were drawn by legislators or their staffs. That constitutional amendment never made it on the ballot. But a few hours before I spoke to the governor, a group of Republicans, including Congressman Rodney Davis, staged an outdoor news conference in Springfield at an intersection where two House districts would come together under the maps that Democrats approved this year, and they called on Pritzker to live up to his campaign pledge. And we see the end result of one party rule here in our state house. And it's leading a governor who did not have to make this promise. No one twisted his arm to say what he said right there. No one told him you have to make this pledge. No one told Governor Pritzker when he was campaigning that he needed to campaign and be in favor of a fair map process. Well, he's had two and a half years to fix this process. He chose not to prioritize this when this is the only issue that he will face every 10 years. Pritzker has since backed down from that pledge, saying only that he would veto any unfair map. So I asked him what he thinks constitutes a fair map. Well, they took off the table a constitutional amendment for um, an independent redistricting commission. I mean, that never happened in the legislature. So uh, then you're left with, you know, the, the two sides really need to work together, whether that was in a construct of an independent commission or, uh, uh, you know, or just working in a bipartisan fashion. The Republicans seemed not to be interested in doing that because what they really wanted was a map that favors them. You know, they don't like to say that, but that's what they were after. Uh, Representative Tim Butler stood up at a press conference with the Congressman Rodney Davis and said that his definition of a uh, fair map would be one in which more Republicans are elected. Well, that's does that sound to you like they're fighting for a fair map? Plus, you know, what they've been trying to do here is push us past the constitutional deadline of June 30th so that they can pull a name out of a hat and have a 50-50 chance of writing, uh, you know, a redistricting plan that favors them. So I, I just, you know, I've put aside all of their criticism. I think they're just, you know, a lot of hot air. They don't actually believe what they're saying. Um, it's, it's a lot of talking points and criticism that are, you know, unworthy of being reported on, in my view. Um, and so at this point, um, I'm reviewing these maps to make sure that they're reflective of the diversity of our state, reflective of, of, uh, of course, the Voting Rights Act of Illinois, of the United States, the Supreme Court rulings uh, on majority-minority districts. Um, and then I'm also looking at, are, are there districts where there's a plurality, perhaps, of, uh, of a minority community in which, you know, they may not be a majority, but, but they still have a good opportunity to elect somebody, uh, you know, who is a person of color or, you know, represents the diversity of the district. You know, one example I'll give you is in a, in the, uh, a congressional seat, and that's Lauren Underwood. I mean, think about her district, right? She's African-American, and she won in a district that's, uh, you know, predominantly significantly white um I, I don't think people should have to necessarily uh you know overcome that obstacle uh of you know being a, a you know a, a significant minority um uh, and overcoming the majority but uh but again plurality districts those count from my perspective in terms of the ability of people to uh, you know elect a someone of you know diverse background Okay, so right after they passed the maps, they also passed a bill to push back the primary next year. 
right. doesn't that give the legislature and the administration a lot more time to wait for the official census numbers to come in? Well, uh, first of all, we have a constitutional requirement to do it by June 30th, so it doesn't really matter if you move the primary don't move the primary. Um, I do expect that the legislature would revisit the maps if the census data that comes out is significantly different or, or you know, is out of the bounds uh, of the ACS data. Uh, you know, I think that the data is going to come out, the census data is going to come out in August, so we'll know more then. But I think it was prudent. I know the Republicans are, you know, they're already planning to sue. Um, you know, that's their goal. Their goal is just to throw a wrench in the entire process, hoping again that uh, they get their own map. Republicans were predictably outraged at the governor's decision to sign the maps. Here's Senate Minority Leader Dan McConkie speaking during a virtual news conference Friday. Today, Governor Pritzker signed a partisan map drawn by politicians with one goal and one goal only, and that's to maximize power over the people of this state. It appears candidate Pritzker was only saying what he thought he needed to do to get elected. This is a blatant effort to kill democracy in Illinois, and it will not go unanswered. We will use every tool at our disposal to return power to the people once again and make sure that the governor pays a political price for lying to the people of Illinois. So, does that mean Republicans intend to challenge the new maps in court? Well, we're going to examine all the options. We'll look at that this weekend, and we will see how we can best return power to the people. Finally, I also asked the governor about that one issue I alluded to at the top of the show, the issue that's preventing lawmakers from formally adjourning the session. That's a massive energy bill that's supposed to put Illinois on a path to 100% renewable or non-carbon emitting energy by 2050. As the session was winding down to a close, that issue appeared to be all but dead. It involves, among other things, subsidizing nuclear power plants owned by Exelon, the parent company of Commonwealth Edison, to keep them open, incentivizing the development of more solar and wind generation, coming up with a plan to phase out coal and natural gas-fired power plants, and making sure that workers in those phased-out plants can find other good-paying jobs in the renewable energy industry. Late Monday night, May 31st, the scheduled day of adjournment, word started circulating that Pritzker had reached a deal on an energy bill. Then he hadn't. And then later, maybe he had. It was so unclear that the Senate stuck around for another day just in case a bill was introduced. Then Senate President Don Harmon issued a statement that, while it looked like a deal was near, the Senate would go home and stand by, ready to return when there's a bill to vote on. So I asked the governor where things stood as of Thursday afternoon. I believe that we're in a good place. I'm hopeful that um, the Senate and the House, um, you know, that we can get a, uh, uh, you know, the bill finally fully drafted uh, and then uh, get the Senate and the House back together so they can vote on it. Okay. Uh, can you talk about what the hangups are at this point? Um, you know, it's really a drafting question at this point. I, I think there is broad agreement, um, you know, which we, we are obviously going to pass a bill that's going to uh, keep our uh, nuclear fleet open uh, to make sure we save the jobs there and, and make sure we have a steady flow of electricity uh, so that we can be an energy exporter. And then, uh, you know, 
the most important thing about this bill is really that we're fighting climate change. Illinois is going to be one of the best states in the country in fighting climate change, certainly the best in the Midwest, uh, if we can get this bill passed. And, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful. That was Governor J.B. Pritzker summing up his impressions of the 2021 session. And that's all the time we have for this edition of Capital Cast. Capital Cast is a production of Capital News Illinois, a statehouse reporting project of the Illinois Press Foundation. Until next time, this is Peter Hancock saying stay safe and thank you for listening.